0: Welcome back to the Space Oddity Collective Podcast. I'm your host Desmond, Desi's Dead Robinson, and this is Mr. Solo Dello Episode. I never did a solo podcast before. Well, I have did a solo podcast before. It was uh, on the Giant Contrepreneur Robot. It was a solo episode. It was, it was nothing. It was eh, ho-hum. Um, Benita's out celebrating she had a new job. Ray is out there somewhere. I actually... Working on his physical health, and our the day the, the day my llama writer Christian Ventura is taking the day off. So it's just me and you, the audience, listen to my not Dulcy tones. I'm not that, uh, I don't have that Jeff Goldblum esque vo- vocals. What we're gonna talk about today, we're gonna talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. The tra- the new trailer that came out today, at the time of this recording is July 27th. Um, oh my god, it was so good. Then we're going to talk about the statistics of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Some of you people got problems. I'm just going to say that. Some of you people got problems with most of these choices, and specifically one. And then a wild ass rumor that I do not believe, but apparently it's a rumor. Um, Mass Effect, not Mass Effect. Mass Well, Mass Effect is apparently in development. But Dragon Age, a TV series on Netflix. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. Apparently it's true, but I still don't believe it. <laughs> All right, so let's start right off with the Ghostbuster Afterlife talk. I mean, we might as well make this Ghostbuster talk, but uh, let's go on with this one-on-one episode. So, the Ghostbuster After Afterlife trailer kicked up, and getting a little bit more of the story and the context of what's going on. Um, if you listen to a previous episode of the Giant Country Robot Podcast. Um, I did. We was we went through the trailer, and it was a lot of Ghostbusters talk on that on that episode. But it looks like we're going to see more of Ivo Shandor's um, mind, um, which uh, which essentially in Ghostbusters one in the nineteen eighty four movie, um, Ivo Shandor um, build the building that's um, that's pretty much a shrine towards Gozer the Gozerian um, worship a gozer worshiper basically. Um, hence, how we got the manifestation of gozer, the terror dogs, and then the manifestation of the Stay puff marshmallow man. Um, in this version, it looks like Egon sometime after Ghostbusters 2, started a family, which is kind of which is still kind of surprising for me as a Ghostbuster family. Oh, he started a family, which is it's all good, it's all right. Um and then we get we go further. We see Morphin, Wolfhard, McKenna, Grace, Paul Rudd, um, Carrie Coon, who's playing the daughter of Egon. And then we get to see Annie Potts, Janine, come back, and she's like she got some old stories on Egon, which is really really cool um, to see more. And like this trailer is really opening up this world, and we've been waiting two years for this. <laughs> um, if you're a Ghostbuster fan, we've really been waiting two years for this. It's going to be very interesting to see this, especially since it was postponed during the pandemic and Sony's making this making sure this is not going the streaming. This is in theaters which is going to be around Thanksgiving which I don't like um, because October going into November is very stacked in this year. Um, you got Halloween Kills, you have Last Night in Soho, you got Dune <laughs> coming out um, and that's just Right off the top of my head. because There's still a lot more coming out at that time. Jackass Forever is coming out at that time. In September, you have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And then not only that, after, directly after Ghostbusters, you got Spider-Man 4. Whenever we'll see that trailer. I mean, Spider-Man 3. Uh, far from home. Whenever, Like I said, whenever we'll see that trailer. But back to the Ghostbuster Afterlife trailer. See, I can go on a tangent on my own without the crew. Oh uh, yeah, but um, we do see like callbacks from the original Ghostbusters movie. In this, where at a certain point in the trailer, it looks like the paranormal activity is kicking off, especially within Shandor Mines. We see an explosion in the sky, we get that particle effect that we saw in Ghostbusters '84. Uh, we're seeing all these different ghouls and ghosts, and they just look so freaking. Life-like and like the CG is really is is really well, Um, like on the level. I know it's gonna be controversial. I I thought the CG in the 2016 Ghostbusters, answer the call was very well done. So we're we're, but it's obviously 2020 between I would say this movie took two years. so I was like this movie was done in 20. It's probably filmed in 2018 2019. So It's still some time after It was like two years after um answered the call But Special effects look um, Will Will I would say um, The ghost um, At the end of the trailer With McKenna Grace In the gunner's seat And then just hitting that corner With the RC Remote controlled Ghost trap Which is really fucking cool It is Really 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 cool um, Something that um, That's really cool to see, technically, I've seen that Gunner C type done before. I believe it's either the real Ghostbusters or the Extreme Ghostbusters. I gotta. And thankfully, Sony <laughs> and Ghost Corp are like once a week on their YouTube channel, release one episode of Ghostbusters. i um, the real Ghostbusters and Extreme Ghostbusters. And uh, for the last four months. So, hey, you wanna get people into Ghostbusters? Just from the animation side of things, definitely go on their YouTube channel. I already been a Ghostbusters fan since like '87, so I'm you know I'm good. I'm cool. You know I, I even got the Blu-rays, well DVDs not Blu-rays, and I still don't have a stream. I have not seen a stream Ghostbusters on DVD or Blu-ray. I need to look. And that is a research I need to look for. But the trailer looks really well. I'm still tempering my expectation. Um, you get a special credit, um, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? A special credit um, teaser of a fellow of an old Ghostbuster the, at the end of the trailer. Um, a newer looking terror dog was um, shown a little bit in the trailer, so that's gonna be very interesting to see. Um it just so much um, in that it was so much compact in that two minute and sixteen second trailer. I just can't wait. Because like, once again, I'm tempering my expectation, but I still can't wait. So, what do y'all think, my fellow Ghostbusters? Um Are y'all hyped? Are you not? Just let me know. You know, I'm Desi is dead on Twitter, Instagram. Just you know, well, now don't direct message me on Instagram and just openly tweet at me on Twitter. You know, because I will block you if you direct message me. And you have to be my friend or my family member to to, to do that. <laughs> but moving from busting ghosts to go into outer space bioware has released the statistic list all of our choices from mass effect the legendary edition now these statistics i feel is very surprising because i because i know femshep is like number one for everyone jennifer hell is the commander shepard for everyone. So here are the statistics for the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Or just Mass Effect in general because he's still technically looking at people's tweets. He's still carrying this over going into um, this new console generation. So for for the first question, who did you play as? 32% have played as Fem Shep, while 68% played as male Which that is once again surprising. For specializations from the military, and number one at forty percent is soldier, and number two, vanguard at twenty-one percent, three, infiltrator at fifteen, adept at eleven percent, at eight percent, sentinel at five percent, engineer. A mass surprise because you can really like go through Mass Effect one as a soldier, and then the specialization skills can be added on to. Um, whatever um, military specialization you are, like certain attributes can carry over into each game. You can really be you can build your shepherd to be super OP Um, going throughout the trilogy. Um, for people for their pre-service history, they picked Earthborn. Um, 20, um at fifty-two percent at twenty-seven percent, people picked spacer at twenty-one percent. They picked Colonist. Now, we have some people picking survivor at 44 percent war hero at 43 ruthless at 13 percent now if you pick survivor and earthborn there is a good possibility you won't have your shepherd's mother you won't have the opportunity to have shepherd's mother calling you so i always pick spacer or or i always pick um colonist um and war hero that is normally my picks um something that is not surprising who would you rescue in vera wait, whoa, 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 this is surprising alright okay, this is really surprising, alright, so normally I, I would assume Katie would be the one, would be the most rescued on Vermeyer. and it's Ashley at 60% and Kaden at 40% that is fucking shocking because yeah, let's, let's call it a spade a spade, Ashley is racist she's xenophobic well she's not racist in terms of other humans More xenophobic in terms of her and other aliens. But that is fucking surprising. She gets rescued the most. Fucking A. All right. Um, Did Rex survive the mission on vermeyer 94% said yes. 6% said no. To the 6%, you are trash. Or you just don't know how to play video games. I'm just saying. Um. Fate of the Ragnite Queen 93% saved the Racknight Queen In the first Mass Effect um, What was the Mass Effect 3 outcome? 93% Allied with the Racknight Queen While 7% killed the Ragnite Queen um, But also Going into Mass Effect 3 7% um, like I said, Did not So so The 7% that did not Save the Racknight Queen Kill the Racknight Queen Reaper version, which also totals out to 67%, uh, and then 33% save the Reaper Breeder Queen. Now, unfortunately, I'm that 33%. <laughs> I'm the 93% who allied with the Rachni Queen, and then I was the 33% who saved the Reaper Breeder Queen. On uh, a little bit of side note, if you save the Breeder Queen, um Grunt, um, Grunt. Wait, make sure. Yep, yeah, Grunt. <laughs> Um grunt and grunt would be critically injured. He's not your party mate in Mass Effect 3, but he can get critically injured. Um and um Clan Irknot, his crumb, his own little um crew will get killed. If you do decide to save the Reaper breeder queen. Um so yeah, um that's your choice. Me myself, nope. Well, okay, all right. I may have gotten Clan Urk not killed, but Rex got Rex got other um other people um in his clan. So you know, um, playthrough number eight. What happened? <laughs> um, the next one: squadmates most likely to survive the suicide mission. This is from Mass Effect Two. At number 1, Garrus. At number 2, Jacob. At number 3, Grunt. At number 4, Miranda. At number 5, Legion. At number 6, Samara. At 7, Kusumi. Kasumi. Goddammit. At number 8, Thane. At number 9, Zahid. At number 10, Jack. At 11, Tally. And at 12, Morton. To which means, once again, you are trash if you cannot keep Jack, Tally, or Morton alive. Like, it's super fucking easy. I mean these must these most of these numbers gotta come from new players. OG players is not gonna come up with this trash. (laughs) I'm just saying. I don't mean to put new players down, but I'm just like, come on. Um 4% sabotage the genophage cure. What? 96% it should be a hundred percent, not ninety percent ninety-six percent. Um four percent exile got tally exiled. What the fuck? Well 96% got them parted. Um, most popular squadmate in the first Mass Effect game. Not surprising. Ashley and Kaden at 5 and 6 respectively. Rex is at 4. Liara is at 3. What? That's shocking. Tally at 2. Garrus at once. Alright, that's, that's kind of... that's Alright, this is fucked. Tally is now... Is one of the most popular characters in Mass Effect. But, yet, you people out there playing Mass Effect... Is she has a high chance of dying in your playthroughs? What I don't get the correlation here, people. I do not get the correlation here. Trash, once again, trash. Prior priority, um, Ranok. This is Mass Effect 3. Um, who side did you take? Over a whopping 80% chose peace, 11% sided with the Geth, and 9% sided with the Korians. To the 11th and 9 percent, you are both trash. You want to achieve peace, which means you're not doing something right in Mass Effect 2, carrying into three. I'm just all I'm saying. Now, the other choices. This one, I mean, come on, seriously, it's just a game, <laughs> and I should pot calling the kettle black. 68 percent people address the reporter questions which is Messina Aljani I'm more likely to butcher that name. Um, you decided to punch her in the face. She's the report one of the reporters. At thirty two percent you decided to address the reporter with candor and grace. I'm I'm shocked that is that's the renegade option. It's, it's the renegade option. You renegade players. Um 100 percent players decided 100 100 percent players decided to spend way too much time looking for the last keeper, which they swear they scanned already. Now I will say this. I seriously feel these statistics are for the newer players that have been um that never played probably never played my subject before. And while veterans I hate this <laughs> I know so most people don't want to hear that. Veterans of this Mass Effect trilogy, and Andromeda included, like already know the beats. Um, we're just getting visual upgrades if you're playing it on the PS5, Xbox Series X, um, PS4, Xbox One. So these are just like console upgrades. People already been doing this on the PC with um, mods. But I seriously feel these statistics are more geared towards the players who more than likely Played it. Um, this is the first time playing it. We're still technically in a pandemic, so new game. This is a um, this is a great game to pick up and play. Um, it's a good it's, it's a good story based game just to pick up and play and enjoy. Um, despite my nitpicks throughout this portion of this podcast, it's you know have fun and play this game. I cannot recommend Mass Effect enough. We always talk about Mass Effect either on the GC here on the past podcast the gcr now here on the space Oddity collective um just have fun and play it um, mm, buck the trend like <laughs> keep one of them like let's see those numbers change all right tally should be very easy to keep alive morden very easily he can die also do those loyalty missions those loyalty missions are key. If they ain't loyal, they will die. That's all I'm saying. If they ain't loyal, but they live, don't expect them to help you Mass Effect through. That's how it goes. That's really how it goes. Um, but leaving the space and coming back down to Earth, but back in the olden times, um, something I'm calling I've been calling bullshit for the last. Eight hours. Apparently, according to giant freaking robot, I don't believe whatsoever. And this is ain't it, we got a cool and ain't a cool news type of level of rumor. Apparently, Netflix is in development of making a Dragon Age TV series. One, I don't necessarily believe it because you're not gonna have David Gator or um, majority of the writers and story directors part of the Dragon Age lore are gone from Bioware so this is a whole new team and maybe one or two veterans of the Dragon Age um, core group working on Dragon Age 4 which is a part, apparently going to drop in 2023 which gives me a lot of time to save my money and decide what to get a PS5 or a Series X but um, I just don't believe it I, I and there's no details on on it, but it claims um, that it's going to be based off the first game, um, I, I just don't know. I, th- I feel any game where the player has a choice to change the course of a story, that is, is going to be initially hard to do because there's various endings that can happen in the game. When you make a TV show where the RPG is your a player's choice, like Dungeons and Dragons, when, they, when we get to the end game outcome of the story, it's more likely not going to be what the player wants to see um on tv which we could dissociate with people and i know there are there are other dragon age fans that was like well we can pull from novels you can pull from comic books majority of those comics and novels are pulling are literally taking part in within the universe that's already going on so like there is a comic book that that features alistair And characters from Dragon Age 2 going on an adventure. Um, There is one where a character you meet in Dragon Age Origins has a son. And they're going on an adventure between Dragon Age um, Origins and 2 before Inquisition starts. So by the time Inquisition starts, one character from Origins dies. While that character, who's the son, is still on an adventure. But you just don't see them or interact with them. Um... So there's always there's a world building within a world building. Now, they're going to make a Dragon Age series, I would say you can use... There's a Dragon Age animated feature that came out that was set before Origins and before Dragon Age 2, um, featured the character of Cassandra Pentagast, um, who was a Seeker, and within the game's story, she saved the world. and. The the Divine I almost forgot the name um, From a dragon Attack from some like Evil sorcerers Or mages And it's just very epic um, But you would Introduce a Dragon Age character That is famous, Cassandra in, the, um, in this show But I don't know I just don't believe this At all I'm already writing it off. There was already rumors at the time when Legend, Mass Effect Ledger Edition came out. There was, Netflix was, not um, Warner Brothers was working on a Mass Effect uh, movie. Um, they already bought the IP. So a lot of gamers was already having problems with that because the DMCA rules on Twitch, because obviously a lot of people are gonna stream Mass Effect. So, but there's no word on that as of yet. On what's gonna happen with Mass Effect but <sighs> it's more of a wait-and-see um, and then finally in modern times but this is more of a somber note and I hate to end the show on the somber note um, Slipknot drummer Jordy Joey Joey Jordanson oh my god I can't believe i butchered his name passed away at the age of 46 due to a rare illness um, damn as that's um, it's, thoughts and prayers to the family Joey Jordanson. Um, Slip 9 has been one of those bands I've been listening to since high school. It's gotten more, me more deep into rock, especially new metal. I know not a lot, of people know, a lot of metal heads don't like new metal but you know it's one of my favorite genres um, and it's one of my favorite um, one of my favorite genres of all time. So once again, condolences to the family Joey Jordanson. And thank you for listening to the one-on-one episode, which is one-on-one me with you, the audience. Thank you for listening. Um, Remember, we're now on Apple Podcasts. We're still on Spotify. We're still on SoundCloud. But now we're asking you to rate, review the Space Audi Collective. You want more of us subscribe to all those platforms. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, simply at the Space Audi Collective. I'm being your captain, Desmond Desi's Dale Robinson here on Astro Base One, signing off.